Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the HFFL pod. This is going to be called Hot, Hot Mess Week. Jimmy's forgetting everything. Rich, how you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm sitting at my desk. I got my three screens on. I got my notes. I got the Thursday night football game. I got the HFFL site up. Got myself a nice drink ready to go. So you got Rich completely and totally prepared. You got me. Forgot the computer. Forgot the intro music. But you know what? The show rolls on. So we're going we're gonna to get her done here. <clears throat> so Rich and I are going to go over the uh, week six results. We'll do our quick and dirty fab review, and then we will break down the week seven. Uh, week seven matchups here. There are no trades. Shame on you, HFFL. No trades. And Rich has been an open, uh, openly trying to sell. So we might have to talk about that a little bit on this pod, I think, Rich. I even told you, man. I, I, I told you the for sell sign was going out. For sell sign went out after I went one and five. I'm looking to, to pack my season in and plan for the future and hopefully help somebody uh, get that ship. That's right. All right, so just a little quick review here for week six. Um, for our re- picking records, my lock of the week is back down to the jinx of the week after I jinxed Kellen. I'm one and five there, and Sam comes through with the upset, bringing me to four and two. Ryan is four and two with his lock and his upsets. He picked Sam over Jeff for both of those. <clears throat> Excuse me. Walt Baby Love is four and two with his locks, picking himself, um, and he is four and two with his upsets, picking the Greg Snipe. Gotta love that. And then Rich comes back strong here, one and one with his locks. Uh, he wins this week with me coming through for him and with a little garbage time Amari Cooper action. Uh, and then he gets a, a nice little pick there in the milk bag bowl, picking Brendan. So he's one and one with his lock and one and one with his upset. So on the board there, Rich, that a boy. Yeah, it was, it was good to come back and get a couple of W's after starting out on one on one. Yeah, as you can tell, I did not set the bar high. So I don't think you're going <laughs> to have much trouble passing me here. Well, I mean, right. you know, four and two records for everybody up there that I'm looking at, man, that's pretty impressive. Lock of the week, upset of the yeah. week, you know. Those boys, are, those boys are picking. Um, like I said, that lock of the week, I, I think it's just jinx of the week. I think it just yeah. need to go back to the well and, and just make it happen here. I, I don't know All whether right. or not to call Ryan's uh, lock and upset of the week ballsy or a cop-out, but Sam came through, man. Yeah, it, it could have bit him. But it really could have. He definitely he made it count, that's he for sure. Put it on the line. <clears throat> changing the game. Look at Ryan Garden changing the game. <laughs> All right, week six matchups here. Go ahead, here first. Here we've got Julian versus myself. So it was a a bad, bad, bad wide receiver and tight end play for the River Rats this week. And thank the Rat God for Derrick Henry, or it would have been very, very, very ugly. Um, but Jimmy, you got your studs performing again this week. Looks like last week was an anomaly. Um, Jimmy, you're back and, and, and rolling here again as, as one of the top scorers in the league. Um, so it was a nice win for you. Yeah, it was much needed win there. Next matchup was Corey versus Mike. Uh, Corey's team went full Corey this week. He only scored 112 points, only 129 potential points. That's just – that's awful. Mm. 1.01 is, is locked up, fellas. Ain't nobody catching that. Uh, <clears throat> Mike loses half his team. He's in desperate need to overhaul his training staff. Uh, it, it's just getting kind of pathetic. You boys need to stretch, you know, change that diet, get some water. It, it's kind of ridiculous, Mike. You got to you got to get on the training staff here, brother. I think Mike, Mike need, does. I think Mike but, needs a bag of rice for his team. He needs something. <laughs> he does manage to get to 161. It's not great, but you know, if you if you do score that 161, it does it does keep you competitive. It keeps you in a game if uh, the other team just flops like Corey did here. Um, and despite things seeming bleak here for Mike, 
Um, he does have more potential points than two of the playoff teams that are currently in uh, with Brendan and Walt. Um, when I wrote these notes, he's getting Mike T back this week, but uh, I'm starting to wonder here, Rich. I, I'm going to, I'm going to wonder out loud here. Mm -hmm. So Mike T already got his deal. Yep. Mike T is a little bit mad now with the saints, you know, that he throws a punch, they suspend him. He's not getting that star treatment that he wants. What, what, are, what do you think the possibility is that we see a Michael Thomas trade in the NFL at the deadline? Do you think that's a possibility? Only if he demands it. Only if, my, yeah. only if he demands it. They're not going to just trade him and say, you know, what, they're going to sit him down. They're going to have a conversation with him. They're going to make nice. You know, uh, I can't see it unless Mike T says, I want out of New Orleans. It's just, it's just very curious that a hamstring comes up right out of the bye. You know, it, it was unheard of during the bye. All of a sudden on Wednesday, you know, he walks off the field with some cleats in his hand. It's just, it's just curious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a yeah. shot here, Mike, but it's curious. It is very curious because um, a hamstring is something that you could be like, ah, it's acting up. There's really yes, no real exactly, test for it that you can exactly. say, yeah, it's a strained hamstring other than the players feel. So yeah, I mean, there could be something there. Could be just a little, yeah. you know, uh, you know, F you to the organization for this week. Exactly. You suspend me, I'm going to suspend you for a week. Watch this. Right. Um, so obviously Mike lost Ertz. Uh, they're talking four to six now. And then Miles Jack also joined that walking wounded. But not all is lost. Uh, Big Ben, James Conner, Sony, DK, and Mike T have all had their bye weeks. So Mike does have some hope going forward. Um, he does play me and Ryan the next two weeks. Uh, but then he gets five of the bottom nine teams and potential points to finish the year. You know, so this is the classic. So you're telling me there's a chance. So Mike's still breathing. Mike's still alive here. He just needs to get healthy. All right, next matchup, Sam versus Jeff. So two weeks in a row, Sam has a full lineup. That's fantastic. Sam got a great performance from the giant Muppet, Calais Campbell, this week. Uh, and the rest <laughs> of his defense, honestly, you know, it was good he went out and got those pieces. Um we knew it was going to be difficult this week for Jeff to win with essentially a zero running back starting. Uh, on top of that, he got goose eggs from Mike Hilton and Cameron Brait. Um, that certainly did not help. Um, but Sam, you know, scored just enough, uh, you know, made a really good effort. And, you know, it was a lot of people's upset of the week. Lock of the week, Sam came through. Good win for Sam. Yeah, um, and, and a quick note on Sam. Uh, one sign of a great team is just having that low week-to-week -week variance. Uh, kind of like we talked about a little bit with Greg, how he's just in that 160 range every single week. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam's low score on the year is 170, as in his worst game of the year, he scored 170. That is yeah. pretty incredible this far in. Um, and, you know, you got these out these uh, self-proclaimed proclaimed great teams like Ryan, you know, with a low score of 144. So Sam's a tough out. He is not not an easy matchup. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to put together a run going forward here. Yeah, I mean, right. anytime, anytime you got Russell Wilson on your team, you're going to, especially with the season he's having, um, you're going to be hard to, to, to beat and score low points. Yeah, for sure. On to our next matchup here is Walt versus Rich. Uh, all I can say here is Walt's luck continues. Uh, he's now 4-2 and two, despite being 12th in potential points. Uh, it might be time for the old Walt baby love to get a lottery ticket. He does still have to play four of the top five teams in, in points four. Um, so his his luck may change going forward. Uh, Rich, buddy, you needed this win to save your season. And uh, as Pat Summerall would say, he didn't make it. No, it didn't, just, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, I didn't start <laughs> Pierre Paul or Tim Patrick. Both of those guys would have got me the W. Um, Pierre Paul was, was dealing with an injury all week. I wasn't – you know, nobody sacks Aaron Rodgers. 
You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he had the, right. he was you know I think he had only been sacked three times up until this point, and he ended up pulling a sack and a half on him. And then uh, yeah, Tim Patrick, I just I didn't believe in the matchup, and uh, you know I mean obviously Denver couldn't score, uh, but they just somehow find a way to get him a ball. So oh well, always next yeah. year. <laughs> always next year, and then it's it's such a such a weird weird year too because I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you're one in five, but you're third in potential points. Third. Yeah. You know, that 78.9 efficiency, it just, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me. At, at some point, that's just bad luck. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. It's just bad luck. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm also not even the worst in points four. I'm like fifth yeah. from the bottom. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just the way it rolls sometimes, and uh, you just got to roll with it. Yeah. So, we got Rich here in full sell mode. Um, the question is, you know, is he going to find anybody that will actually buy – you know, some players. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that? that's what's going How's on. How's that going? Yeah. So I don't know if Jimmy, if you understand what a buyer and seller is, and maybe it just hasn't gotten to the point yet. And people have a lot of faith in their teams. Um, but so here's how buying and selling works, especially, you know, in like baseball or fantasy football is when you've set yourself up and obviously you're going to get injuries and you got bye weeks coming up. You set yourself up in a nice position. Let's say you're four and two. Um, you know, I think our top, what is the, uh, if I look at the power rank here, we got, oh, even our top guys aren't top of the power rank. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams that are four and two or better, and then one, two, three teams that are 500. So, I mean, nine teams at 500 or better in this league. So, if you think that you can go win it, go win it. Right. I mean, isn't that why we do this? We do this to win. You play to mm -hmm. win the game. You play to win a ship. Right. So um, I don't know if it's lack of motivation because we only pay like five dollars a year or whatever our fee is now. Um, so like winning it doesn't carry the weight. But I mean, bragging rights should be enough. You know what I mean? So if you were in position mm -hmm. to go win, go get yourself a piece, man. Trade that first round pick. Trade that young guy. Get a guy who's performing high right now and build on your depth. Right. Trade that second-round pick. Trade that young guy. Build on a veteran, right? Maybe somebody who's in the prime of their career. Go get him from a team that is in the cellar. I mean, it doesn't have to be me, right? I mean, I think we've already seen a trade this year with Greg when he traded Julio Jones to Kobe. That was a move that Kobe made, giving up his future, saying Julio Jones is going to be the piece that gets me over the hump. He's going to be a piece that I can plug in every week and is going to help me out, right? And he went and paid for him. And I think, you know, eventually as we see or we approach the trade deadline or as we approach, you know, uh, some separation, I guess, at the top, um, guys are going to start wanting to trade uh, and starting to build their team. Either that or they're going to be satisfied with a third or fourth round place. Maybe they already think Scott has it and they want to crown him, right? If you want to crown him, then crown him, right, as Dennis Green said. Right. But, right. but, you know, I mean, you got to give it a shot or why else are we doing this? You know what I mean? So. Um, and when, and when somebody says they're selling or if somebody's a seller and they're at the bottom and whatever, this isn't like a redraft league where you can go out and give a fourth round pick for, you know, a top 20 or top 15 safety or top 15 running back, right? You got to pay fair value. Um, either that, or you just don't get them. And you're just saying, you know what, I'm fine with my team the way it is. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. And then you're in the middle somewhere. So and I, and I do think that, uh, like, just like you said, I think when we get a little more separation, we get a little more of a real picture of who is a contender and who is, is kind of a pretender here. I, I do think you'll have a little bit more ring at your door here. 
Yeah. Um, so you've got the pieces. I mean, just just Melvin, you know, Bobby Swagner and Landon Collins alone. I mean, those are difference making pieces for somebody. I know you and I had a, a lot of conversation about Landon Collins this week, yeah, and, yeah. and that's, I decided to spend cheap and, and see if I can, you know, waiver wire fix it. But if but if I can't, you know, if I actually want to compete with Scott, I do know that I have to make a move defensively to to get in his level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think you and I also had a conversation about it too. Is you know, Landon Collins, you say that name, you think, okay, here's this guy that's been playing forever. Guy's 26 years mm-hmm. old, yep. right? 26 year old safety who's very productive week to week. Um, so, I mean, you know, you're going to have to pay for a guy like that. And guess what? I'll be fine keeping him. He's 26. You know what right, I mean? So, exactly. I mean, it's, it is, I'm willing to trade him hundred percent willing to trade him. I think, you know, Mike said it before, everybody has a price, but, um, you know, you're going to have to pay it. You're not going to get him for a, a third, you know, or a fourth round pick. So. Absolutely. And I think, I think the same goes for, you know, a lot of these guys down at the bottom, you know, you I mean, you understand what Corey wants. Corey wants picks. He'll trade anybody for picks. Um, you know, I think, you know, eventually you're going to see Greg wanting to sell some more, Kobe wanting to sell some more, you know, um, Mike may be looking to make some moves and same with, uh, same with Julian here, but, uh, we'll just see how, I guess how it plays out. Like I said, there's a lot of congestion at 500 or better right now, and we'll see some separation over the next two weeks and we'll figure out who our buyers and sellers are. Absolutely. All right. On to our next matchup here. We had Ryan versus Brendan, the milk bag bowl. Tell us how that went, Rich. Oh yeah, the milk bag bowl. <laughs> I think the one who <laughs> drank the most milk the, the the week before ended up winning this, and I think we've seen the video evidence that Brendan did drink the most milk. Um, so this was uh, the upset special of the week. Um, this is my special designation of pillow fight of the week. Um, so neither of these teams outscored Mike. Mike, I think, only scored like 160 points, and their matchup together generated only 23 more points than Mike and Corey's matchup. But that's that's crazy. Mike, Corey scored 111 points. Mike scored 160, and this matchup was only 23 points better than that. From, like a Calais Campbell, <laughs> right, this week, <laughs> or an Aaron Donald mm-hmm. last week would have, you know, would have made the difference. So um, this season, uh, there's a trend here, right? I mean, we want to talk about Walt getting lucky. Um, Ryan has gotten lucky many a times this year, scoring subpar, sub uh medium round rounds uh, of scoring. Um, but, you know, being able to score the mean doesn't always get you the win. And I think he learned that this week because um, Brennan was able to get the W uh, with 152 points, which are more than 144 points because that's how math works. So going forward, <laughs> um, Ryan's going to have a hard time fielding running backs uh, unless he can make a trade for somebody. Um, the pickings are thin um, in the free agent pool. Um he may, t- he may need to add – wait for his guys to heal up. And even after they heal up, he may need to add some depth right now because um, it's not existent on his team. But uh, luckily, the 1972 Dolphins can drink their champagne because there will not be an undefeated season in the HFFL. Um, it was a good one for Brendan, even though it was an absolute pillow fight. <laughs> On to our next matchup here, Scott versus uh, Kobe. And Kobe met the mattress, uh, face buried and all. That's two in a row. Kobe's lost. Uh, he's now down to three and three. He's bottom four in the league and points four and potential points. Um, I picked Kobe to finish 13th in my little preseason ranking pod. Uh, it kind of looked dumb through three weeks, but it uh, seems as though he's kind of course corrected. And uh, we'll, we'll see if it stays this way the whole year. But um, it, that's, it's been a really, really tough last few weeks here for, for Kobe's. 
Uh, Scott finally dug himself out of the basement in quarterback scoring. He's now 13th, uh, barely ahead of his arch rival, Corey. Uh, Scott moves to 4-2 and two on the year and takes over first place in points for and potential points. Uh, it is kind of doubtful that he regresses going forward. You know, he's, he's in the driver's seat. He controls his own destiny. Um, he's the two seed, so he's, he's got a buy on lock at the moment. Um, and he's definitely the, the Vegas odds-on favorite. But uh, it only takes one week. You know, there's, there's going to be five other teams in the playoffs, assuming Scott makes it. And it only takes one, one to beat him. So it'll be interesting. Get those offers in. We'll see if we can get a little stronger at the top as we, as we separate the next few weeks. And then our last matchup is Kellen versus Greg. What do you got here, Rich? Yeah, so I may have overvalued Stafford this week and undervalued the value of Josh Jacobs. Um, Without Jacobs, without Dak, uh, Kellen's team looked pretty pedestrian last week. Um, Greg, on the other hand, saw his highest score of the year. He saw the emergence of DeAndre Swift as a Lions running back. Um, His defense, his kicker, I think, scored more points than most other players on his team. Um, He was able to break through the 200-point ceiling, even with Corey Davis scoring zero points in his starting lineup this week. Um, It was a good point. It was a good win for Greg. Um, don't look now, but he started 0-3, looked like he was packing it in, and is now 3-3. and Yeah, and uh, Kellen got the jinx. He got the lock of the week jinx. And I, I agree with you on Stafford. I actually streamed Stafford in another league of mine, and it just, you know, everything looked good. Lions versus Jacksonville, you know, all the peripheral stats lined up. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, they ended up with two uh, one-yard goal line runs for Adrian Peterson, and that just – or no, no, it was Swift, sorry. Uh, and that just uh, – that's what it uh, was what it was. All right. <clears throat> Just a quick review here of our current playoff seeding. Ryan still holds the number one seed. Scott is now the number two. Kellen is the number three. Jeff, the four. Brendan, the five. And Walt, the six. Those are your six playoff teams at the moment. And the current 2021 top five is the same. We have Corey at 1.01. Greg at 1.02. Kobe's pick, which is owned by Greg, at 1.03. Mike's pick which is owned by Corey at 1.04. This would be Walt if he was not in the playoffs. His points are that low. Um, And at 1.05, we have Sam's pick, which is owned by Corey, um, which would be Brendan if Brendan was not the five seed and not currently a playoff team. All right, on to the fab review. Who's your favorite ad this week, Rich? So I really like the Jawan Bentley pickup. Um, He's kind of come out of his shell there in New England now. He's a young running back, I think, can play three downs. Um, I think he's playing 85% of the snaps now uh, in New England. Um, and I think at $5, it was a really good ad. Um, and, and I really would be curious to see this, and maybe you can look it up later. But I'll, I almost bought pro, uh, was it pro Football Focus today just to understand what his PFF score is. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do it, but <laughs> it's like it's like forty <laughs> bucks. I ain't spend another kind of money. Come on, but uh, no, I mean hey, I, I got to get in on those uh, those discount yeah, days. No. Got to get in when it's thirty percent or fifty percent. They get desperate. They got really desperate during COVID. So I'm, I'm a couple years yeah, ahead. Yeah, I should have nice. did that. But anyways, uh, I'd be interested to see what that is. But uh, I think it's a pretty good ad. Remind me later. We'll look okay. that up. All right. Um, for me, it was Robert Spillane uh, for three to Ryan. He's taken over that Devin Bush uh, Devin Bush role in Pittsburgh. He took over the play-calling duties when Bush went down with that torn ACL last week. Um, and he's, he's already playing, or should say already did play last week, over Vince Williams on passing downs. Um, so, obviously, he's not Devin Bush. He's not that type of athlete. But playing in that role, I mean, it does lend itself to that, you know, potential to be a top 25, top 30 linebacker. So, for three bucks, I thought that was a pretty good ad there for Ryan. Uh, what was your least favorite ad? So maybe there's something I don't know. I, I did a, I did a little bit of reading today. I couldn't find anything on it. 
but Ryan Neal. Um, now, I understand he's putting up good numbers, like really good numbers, but Jamal Adams is on his way back within the next week or two. I'm guessing Neal goes into a reserve role when that happens. I mean, Mike got him cheap, but it was probably a waste of, of fab unless he's a stash. See, and I, I actually had a, a buck on Neil myself, too. Mike beat me with his bit of two. Um, and for me, it was just buying – because I, I don't think Jamal Adams is going to play this week. It was just buying one yeah. week. Buying one week of, of 10 to 13 points. You know, it's somewhere in there like he's been doing. Um, he, he's playing that Jamal Adams role. Obviously, he's nowhere near that player. But that role has been very productive this yeah. year. So I, I get what, what Mike was trying to do there just, just to buy a week. But I, I can't see him starting over Josh Jones or John Johnson for him this week. Or maybe he's going to start all three. And just start a couple, couple of, Maybe. couple of uh, linebackers with, uh, you know, he has to. That's what he's going to do, because Miles Jack is hurt, yeah. right? Eric Wilson's on a bye, so he's going to do start two linebackers. Yeah, he's streaming a week. So, I mean, I didn't like it for the long play, but I guess for the short play, you know, it's it's not a bad pick. Yep. Uh, my least favorite was from Kellen. He cut Dan Bailey, and if you know anything about Kellen, it's he loves Dan Bailey. <laughs> I was astonished to see this. This man is in a kicker-only league, and he has Dan Bailey. It's the only kicker he talks about. It's kind of comical. And then he goes and he spends three on Prater. Mm -hmm. Like, three bucks on a kicker? We talked about that last week. I just don't – I don't see the point. You know, if if you put a buck on Prater and you don't get him, you know, move on to the next. It's just – it's a one-week thing. So I just – I just – I don't even know you anymore, Kellen. I I don't – I don't understand. Uh, biggest overspend, what do you got here? Uh, so, yeah, mine was Prater for three bucks. I mean, it's a kicker. We talked about that last week with the Jason Sanders. I mean, I think Sanders scored eight points last week for three bucks for, for, for yep. a, a flyer. So um, I can't really see – I mean, unless you really think it's going to get you that one extra point that you need, kickers for the most part score the same. And then they have, like, breakout weeks like McManus did last week, right, where he kicked six field goals because mm-hmm. his offense is so inept. But, I mean – it's a kicker. You know what I mean? Put a, put a buck yeah. on them. Yeah. We need to get rid of these damn kickers. I agree with you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, for me, the biggest overspend, I had uh, Juwan Bentley, but it was pretty much by default, truly. Um, it's not a bad pickup. To me, the only downside here is that he could have had Spillane for that same five bucks. Um, and, and I do think that Spillane has a, a, a better role as far as fantasy production goes going forward. Um, but you had the same thing I did. Bentley's playing 85% of the snaps. Um, he has gotten better. The only downside here is he only got one game of 10-plus points on the year. Um, granted, it was, I believe, one of his last couple games here. But um, like I said, it's not a horrific pick. This was actually a pretty conservative week in the HFFL with fab spending. So um, that's just the one that I picked out of the crowd there. What's your biggest value? Okay, I'm going to try the name. Ifedi Onigbo for two bucks. I think I got yeah. it right. I don't know. Sure. It sounded, sounds right. looks right. Um, so it was already good value. Um, based on his most recent performances. But with Yannick getting shipped out of town, I think it now is great value for Mike. Yeah, and uh, what does this say about Mike's insider knowledge here? He, he tried to play it off like, oh, it, you know, I, it happened mm-hmm. after I picked him up. No, Mike knew. Mike had a hand in this We need some insider. Here. I'm a little interested. We need some insider trading bylaws yeah. written in. Yeah, what is this, Michael Kendrick? <laughs> this is crazy. That's, that's a – for a guy who's had such poor injury luck, that was a nice little uh, luck falling in his lap there. Maybe that was a little makeup from the fantasy yep, guys. Could be. Uh, biggest value for me was actually you getting Jim Michael Hasty for ten. Um, I expected him to go for around 15, 15 to twenty. That's kind of where the top running back pickup of the week has gone um, all year. 
And, you know, getting him for 10, I think that's really good value. Uh, he did out-touch McKinnon last week. Um, he's 100% worth the $10 chance here. Uh, McKinnon's out, I don't even know, three to six, anywhere in there. So if he stays in, you know, the the 60% role of that running back by committee, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has shown countless times, even with Raheem Mostert, for example, you know, that he can turn any running back that can follow the mm-hmm. system, any running back that can read, he can turn them into a fantasy asset. And, you know, Hasty got a lot of hype, you know, for an undrafted guy in, in the preseason. And it's it's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward here. Yeah, and even if I just put him on my taxi squad for a couple of years, um, you know, I, honestly, before I picked him up, I only had six bucks on him, and then I went and read a bunch of San Francisco articles, mm-hmm. which you know is always good to do and watch a highlight film, really amp you up, make you overspend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, everybody That's out right. there is talking about like this reminds them of a fresher Mostert, right? Maybe they're concerned about his yep. durability. Um, McKinnon isn't isn't you know, it's basically like a like a guy who's like McKinnon but better is what everybody's saying, and they're all just right. rooting for him to get a shot. And uh, so, as a ten dollar flyer, you know, I wasn't going to spend more than thirty percent of my fab uh, at this point. I wasn't going to go all in on Hasty, but I said, you know what, let me put ten bucks on him and see if he flies. And I was shocked, honestly, that he flew. So, yeah, yeah, I was, I was too. Um, and for me, I think he's a guy that, you know, your worst case, obviously, he, he's Jeff Wilson. You get two or three weeks out of him and you end up cutting him. Um, and then, you know, your best case, obviously, is is what James Robinson or, or you know, Miles Gaskin right now, that sort mm-hmm. of a situation. Um, you know, but the most likely scenario, really, though, is that you you have him for the next couple of weeks. He puts together solid running back, you know, top 30 running back performances, maybe a little better, you know, and you're able to ship him out of town and for a third or a fourth or, or even maybe a second, you know, if he has mm-hmm. some good weeks. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a great ad. It, it's, it's an asset to have in your pocket, and I, I really think that was smart, and I'm very cheap, very cheap ad. Yeah, I love um, it. And real quick before we move on, I want to talk about one thing. Kobe has been adding cornerbacks to his roster, to his DB roster, and for the longest time, this league has always been about, right, D-line, it's D-end, unless it's an elite D-tackle, right? Um, DBs is yep. safeties, strong safeties preferred. Um, and, and free safeties, but cornerbacks have usually been taboo as like starting for you. Um, I see very high scoring cornerbacks. I think the last two weeks, Kobe's picked up three or four of them. Um, I think it's something to notice and to talk about because with the new B- DB scoring system, cornerbacks, specifically ones that are targeted a lot, possibly, you know, bad quarterbacks, but also, you know, mm-hmm. elite ones that uh, chase the ball down and make and are sure tacklers have been performing pretty well. And, um, you know, it's just interesting to watch, you know, uh, with the scoring system, the way DB score, there's a lot of high scoring cornerbacks out there. I want to know. Yeah, it might be, it might become the new stream. Um, you know, I, I looked a, a couple of times, I, like I said, I, I spent four or five bucks this week on, on safeties trying to find something. And, and I'm so stuck in that old school mentality. Um, but there are matchups, you know, you, you know, that if you're playing, you know, against the Bengals, they're going to throw the ball a ton. You should be targeting who, if you can get, you know, a DB that's getting hundred percent snap share, a corner that's getting hundred percent snap share, you should give them a shot. I mean, you know, if you're playing the jets, if you're playing, you know, Jacksonville, if you're playing a, a, a defense that has a, a quarterback, that's a little uh, giving mm-hmm. like a Phillip rivers, you know, just playing one of those guys. And even if they, you know, they get targeted seven, eight times, you know, they could end up with five, six tackles, a pass deflection and have a shot at a pick. So, you know, I, I've considered streaming those guys week to week, and, and I think you're right. I think you might be onto something here. 
and maybe Kobe's a little ahead of the curve, you know, and not spending up to get big assets at the position, but just spending a buck every week and, and streaming your favorite yeah. corner. No, good, good, good point out there. I like that. That's good. Okay, on to the week seven matchups. We'll start with Jeff versus Ryan. All right, Who so do you both got here? teams are playing with horrendous backfields. Um, however, I like Ryan's wide receiver matchups, um, specifically Hopkins versus Seahawks this week. Um, also on defense, I think Poyer is in for a huge day versus the Jets. Um, I think Ryan wins this one. However, I don't think either team scores over 170. Yeah, I, I have Ryan here too. Um, Jeff is down, Galvin. Justin Jefferson and Patrick Queen, you know, that's the number three running back, the number five wide receiver and the number two linebacker. Um, and then to me, Jeff has kind of an, uh, an egregious miss going right now in his starting lineup. And, and I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'll go ahead and break this down for him here. Um, he does not have Leighton Van Der Esch in his, his starting lineup right now. And um, currently Leighton Van Der Esch is playing against the top matchup for all line or for linebackers in all of fantasy football. Um, and like I said, Jeff won't listen to this, so he doesn't know that the Washington football team gives up 20% more linebacker scoring than the next closest team, which is the 49ers. Not as in, oh, they're, they're the best. They're the best by mm. 20%. Your linebackers will score a ton against the Washington football team. And Leighton Van Der Esch is sitting on his bench right now. So uh, to me, that's, that's a big miss. That's, you know, that's, I, I, don't, I don't know if he'll switch it last minute. You know, I, like I said, I know he's not listening to this pod, but uh, – We'll see. We'll see if he wises up and, and fixes that. But, you know, Ryan's down, like you said. You know, Deshaun Watson's red hot after this Bill O'Brien fi firing, and I, I think uh, I think he's going to get back on track here. I think he's going to beat Jeff. Rich versus Sam, what so do you got here? So most of this, the games this week, you know, are pretty lopsided in my opinion. I think there's some clear winners out there except for this one. Um, I think we talked about Sam's floor being very high. Um, you know, I think if mm -hmm. I can find a way to manage to get the right guys in the lineup, I can be very dangerous. Um, I think this has a potential to be a very close game, as most of mine have, I think, decided by a couple of points each week. Um, I think the roll tide here gets their running backs back. Tight end is now back after a bye. Um, and, and with Julio in the lineup, Matt Ryan looks like a brand-new quarterback. Like, it has awakened some sort of fire within him. Um, so I think he has a great matchup against the lions. I think he's in for a good day. Uh, my upset of the week is roll tide. Roll tide. Uh, yeah. So this is, if you throw out the match or the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, throw out the records, you know, this is a, a team, a matchup versus teams and two teams in the top seven in potential points. Uh, it's just crazy to me that you guys only have three wins together you know, with, with those scoring numbers. Um, obviously, you get Lockett Waller and Bobby Swagner back, and then you know Kareem, Kareem gets that dream matchup against the Bengals. Matty Ice, you know, he's like you just said, he's hot with Julio or with Julio. So very nice to have those guys back. Um, but I, I just think Sam's floor is just too high. You know, I, I think he's going to get over that 170 again, even though he doesn't have Mark Andrews. It does kind of hurt his uh, his explosive upside not having him, but. You know, Russell playing Arizona is incredible. Uh, Zeke's going to be probably pretty pissed off after his two fumble out showing, you know, and then uh, Andy Dalton comes out and just wets the bed. So I, I really think that Dallas will lean on Zeke a little bit. Looks like A.J. Brown's back and healthy. And then Christian Kirk, you know, I've, I've been a big Christian Kirk fangirl on all of these pods, um, and he gets to play against uh, Seattle's horrific pass defense. So I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good spot here, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with Sam on this one. 
All right, next matchup, Jim versus Mike. So this one's pretty obvious obvious to me. Um, Le'Veon has a new team. Mike T has a hammy and an attitude problem. Um, Jimmy's back to full strength, is superior at most of the positions. Um, I think uh, Jimmy gets the win here. Um, one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Mike, like you said, has been the walking wounded for weeks. Um, and I, just, I think it's, he's going to struggle to score points this week, especially with, at his running back position. Yeah, and if if Mike Thomas doesn't play, I don't really see how Mike's going to be that competitive, you know, especially because he has half of his defense on a bye this week. I just think it's it's too tough of a spot, and there's too much too many question marks. Uh, despite you know Big Ben and, and James Conner having a plus matchup, um, I just I'm going to go ahead and pick myself here too. Week. Jimmy again, lock of the week, lock of the week, going back to the going well, back to the well. Get, it worked. It worked for me last week. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Walt versus All right, so Scott. This is my what game do you got here? Um, based on the fact that both teams are four and two and are jockeying for position at the top. That being said, this is going to be an absolute mollywop to the shade. <laughs> Scott <laughs> scores over two hundred <laughs> points this week, easy. His defense is just too damn good. Um, it'll be way too much for the shade, who averages the mean, a little bit below the mean all year, um, and is at the bottom of the potential points as we've talked about. Um, you know. Scott's just too good right now, and I don't think they're. I don't think Walt's gonna be much of a challenge for him. Yeah, if he no Lamar Jackson this week, I just, I just don't even think he has got has has a shot. I think uh, Scott's gonna, Scott's gonna bury another team in a mattress here, two and two in a row here for Scott. Uh, Kobe versus Brendan. So what Brendan's do you have coming here? off a great win against Ryan last week, at least for motivation purposes. Uh, he got the win. Um, he has a lot clicking for him right now with his team uh, this week. Um, Kobe will be without Gaskin, um, which will hurt him. Um, and the worker bees, uh, other than A-Rod, Coolio, and Aaron Jones, I don't see a ton of production out of Kobe's team this week. And I think Brennan gets the win. So I did forget to mention that Scott is my uh, lock of the week this week. So break that jinx for me, Scott. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be my upset of the week here. I'm going to pick Kobe over Brendan. Um, I just love that matchup for Green Bay against Houston. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, after getting absolutely embarrassed by Tampa, I think he's going to turn around. I think Aaron Jones has been playing awesome, minus the one game there. And I think he's going to turn around as well. And then Julio gets to play the Lions. I mean, that's, that's scary. That's scary for everyone. I think that's going to be ugly. Um, so I'm gonna. I think Matt's gonna pull a rabbit out of his hat, and I think he's gonna be able to pull this one out and beat. He's got to set his lineup first. Greg versus. <laughs> yeah, right. Greg versus Julian. He's out chasing yeah. after his bees today, so he'll probably set yeah, it. Honey. Greg versus Julian. What uh, do you got here? Yeah. So uh, Greg went from zero and three to three and three through through the first six weeks now, um, the fantasy football season, which is, you know, uh, great to see, right? Zero to three, zero and three to three and three. Yep. Um, we've seen him trade one of his best receivers and actually get better. I think he's actually averaging 15 points more per week uh, after the first three weeks and when he made the trade to now. Um, but that has his 200-point week that he had in there last week. Other than that, he is 160 a week. Um, so I'm betting uh, last week was an anomaly, does not repeat, falls back down to earth at 160 a week, and the River Rats, the more consistent team, get the W this week. Yeah, and I, I originally picked Julian in this matchup, and as I was going through it, I actually uh, I changed my pick and changed my mind here. I'm going to go ahead and go with Greg. 
Um, like we talked about, he's only scored over one, only scored under 162 one time. And I just don't know if Gret, Julian has the juice this week to get up over that 170 mark that he's going to need to beat Greg. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with Greg here. I think he's going to make it four in a row. And we're going to be sitting here next week talking about whether or not Greg has a shot to make the playoffs despite being the second worst potential point team. So that'll be an interesting, interesting discussion if that happens. And then last game here is Kellen versus okay. Corey. What do so you got hear here? hear me out. Henry Ruggs is back. He's coming off a bye against the <laughs> – I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I am never picking Corey again. 111 points? Come on, man. Kellen, big, huge win. Come on. Yeah. Nice little get-right spot here for Kellen. Uh, he's He's got to be very excited after last week's letdown to get to play Corey. But, uh, you know, Corey has snake bit someone before. Not happening so it'll be week. interesting to see if he – no, probably not, but we'll be, we'll see. All right. Well, thanks for listening to HFFL. Thank you, Rich, for taking the time out here. Um, and I really appreciate it. We've got some segments for you guys coming up. So All I right, hope man. you guys thanks enjoy. Again. We'll see you guys. Yep. Talk to you later. Flank with your dipstick. Jimmy, you're always the best at finding out stats and looking things up for fake news. I'm here to tell you, great job. You've been thinking with your dipstick. The rest of you guys, figure the shit out. Whoosh! Think with the dipstick, Jimmy. The DJ keeping the party going. The DJ keeping the party going all night long. DJ Walt Baby Love. Yeah, what's crackin' lackin', my brothers from other mothers? This is your host with the most. Walt Baby Love coming yeah, at you with the HFFL Week 7 Fantasy Picks. I'm going to be coming yeah, at you with a short and condensed version of my love stroking and poking this week. Let's start off with the weekly pickums to date. Walt Baby Love 27, The Guido 23, Richie Roll Tide 23, and The Commish 21. Baby Love is back with picking the lock and upset correct last week, and it's looking he is looking to smack that ass. Yeah, again this week. Let's get it on to week 7 WBL Walt Baby Love Fantasy Picks. The first matchup is Trash Trunk Get Jacked versus Jonesboro Jedi's. Both of these owners of these teams have been getting cocky and flapping their pussy lips. Yeah, about their teams and how they are performing even with injuries. Who cares? The Jedi does does have a reason to boast, I guess. The Jedi have been holding on strong while White Chocolate Run CMC has been out of his lineup. The Jedi suffered their first loss, however, of the season last week, and I look for him to suffer his second in a row. Unfortunately, we will hear more pussy lip flapping from the cave after this week in his win against the Jedi. Trash Trunk Get Jacked wins. The next matchup is the Shade versus the Kamara adds 10 pounds. One would think that the Kamara's team was better than what their record shows. You would also think that the Kamara's owner would lose 10 pounds in his mouth, that is, because of all the shit that spews out of it. 
The shade is hanging on strong and still proving doubters wrong throughout this season. This is a crucial stretch for the shade and they need everything they can get to pull off Walt Baby Love's upset special of the week. The shade wins. The Assistomatic Grammaticas versus the Snowmen. The Grammaticas O will not be able to even keep up with the Snowmen's D. Yeah, first time he's heard that, right, Jimbo? This week, now, in this match of the Snowmen, will win big in Walt Baby Love's Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels pick of the week. The next matchup is the Kobe's versus Make My Team Great Again. The Kobe's have been playing like savvy veterans that are pushing for another chance at a title. The Kobe's are still, however, shoveling their balls off the pavement after the A.A. Ron Squared shit the bed last week. Make My Team Great Again has a suspect wide receiver group on tap, except for Ridley, of course. But I get it, my brother. Continue to ride Fulgham. Ride him long and hard until he is dry. And maybe my man Marvin Jones doing a little bitching this week about not getting the ball will help him get the ball more going forward. But you know, from what I'm looking at on paper here, make my team great again will prove too much for the Kobe this week and make my team great again wins. The next is you win stun and lose some in the River Rats. Walt Baby Love picked the Winstons last week as the upset special of the week, and they proved strong. The Winstons will definitely win some, but they're not going to lose some this week. The Winstons are hot, and I'm going to ride them until they're dry and rye. Yeah, they're hot, and the Winstons win. The next matchup is the Roll Tide and Dave's team. The Roll Tide seem to be packing it in after their heartbreaking loss against the Shade last week. So the Roll Tide may be looking ahead to the draft. This will give Dave's team an opportunity to get on track and become the team we thought he was. Right, Denny Green? Dave's team wins. In the last matchup, we have the Fire Up Irish Tigers versus Trust the Process. The Tigers are nervous without Dak. In their lineup. However, Maddie Stafford has some favorable matchups coming up that could be huge. Yeah. I'm keeping the Tigers into contention this season with uh, Maddie, Maddie Stafford. I think Stafford will be able to hold strong and provide some decent fantasy games that will help the Irish Tigers continue to be in the top portion of the league. Sorry, Corey. I ran out of trust this week for you. The Tigers win. This is my short and condensed version, more of a fly by the seat of my pants, wing it type of version. Um, that's why there was a couple stumbles. I wasn't pr- quite stroking and poking and gliding smoothly and creamily as I usually do, but we made it happen. I want to say, as always, stay classy, stay sexy, stay safe. And love, peace, and chicken grease.
What's up, boys? Watching the kickoff of Week 7 as we speak. We got Philly and Giants. Um, time for Kellen's Corner. You're like third or fourth favorite segment of the week. Um, no Dak for the Irish Tigers last week. That equals no win for the Irish Tigers last week. Team slipping already. No Dak, and the team just lacks leadership, just like that. It's time to turn the ship around, boys. Just one bad week. Let's pick ourselves up. Let's get back after it. It was a rough week also for Kellen's Corner. Uh, Ravens blew a lead late. I got greedy with the Washington money line and should have just taken the points. Although it was kind of a bad beat, uh, that money line bet for Washington should have hit with that late pick six in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then the Lions got a win, which cost me. That's one I can live with. Uh, it's time to bounce back, though. And this bourbon I'm sipping on, it's going to show me the way. Yeah, I'm drinking the hard stuff tonight. I'll have to watch this bullshit debate between, uh, as South Park so eloquently put it years ago, uh, it's between a turd sandwich and a giant douche. Um, I'm sure as hell not going to be sober watching that bullshit. So this bourbon's for you, America. Good thing I got two TVs so I can watch football and the debate at the same time. Hopefully it makes it hurt a little bit less. But anyways, let's make some picks here. Pick number one. We got Bills versus Jets, and I have screwed myself so bad this season with ballsy money line bets that come so close to hitting, and I fall just short. And I should just take the points in those. Uh, that's what I'm going to do here. Um, I I'm just going to take the Bills money line, which is an easy win uh, to make up for all those terrible money line bets for underdogs that I've made in the past, so... Bill's money line is minus 660. Terrible bet. Uh, but I never said I was smart, so let's do it. I'll lay 660 to make 15 bucks. You know what 15 bucks gets you? More bourbon. Cheers to America. Bet number two. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to bet Bill's versus Jets again. I'll, uh, I'll show a little bit of cojones here. I'll lay the Bills points at uh, minus 12 and a half. Can you tell I'm a huge Bills fan now? Uh, it may be because I just scooped up Josh Allen in my guillotine league. Uh, I started a guillotine league this year with some buddies, Jimmy and Brendan. Uh, give a guillotine league a shot. It's a good time. Uh, if you don't know how it works, hit me up in the group chat. But we entered with 10 teams and only 7 remain. As the kids say, it's lit, fam. Uh, I also have the Bills in my survivor pool this week, so I am all aboard the Josh Allen train. Toot toot. Again, that's Bills, minus 12.5 at plus 110. Pick number three, the weekly Lions pick. They head to Georgia to take on the Dirty Birds with two points in their pocket. And look, actually, I looked at this number, and I like the Lions here. But my money just doesn't. My money cannot bet on the Lions. I'm thinking the Lions keep it close in an absolute track meet, shootout, scoring bonanza, aerial circus, whatever you want to call it. I'm thinking they fall just short. 
as they always do against uh, against teams like these. I'm predicting a big DeAndre Swift game, uh, and I just have images of the Lions tying it up late, and then a certain young ho coo, young ho cooling our boners off with a walk off field goal to win by three. So I'll take the line. I'm sorry. I'll take the Falcons minus two at minus 115. Pick number four. I am still undefeated on Monday Night Football. So I have to bet it. The Bears head way west to take on the Rams. And the Bears are plus an even six. The Rams flopped hard last week when they played the Niners. The Niners were fighting for their lives in the NFC West. And the Rams still had every opportunity to win. I'm sorry, to win. I, I think the Rams are pissed. I think they come out big. Big Dick Nick? Not scared. I'll take Big Dick Donald. Aaron Donald. I'll lay the six. Big Aaron Donald game. Big Cooper Cup game. Big Rams game. Rams minus six at minus 105. Okay, so that's four picks. And I'm going to recap those real quick because I got a spicy one coming at you for pick number five. So let's recap those four picks. Pick number one, we got Bill's money line. That uh, that one should be kicked. That one should be easy. Oh, touchdown Carson Wentz, by the way. For the record, I started him. He has played those DraftKings, uh, uh, what do they call them, showdowns. We got a captain. That's going to help out your boy. Let's go. Uh, all right, so pick number one. We got Bills versus Jets. Bills money line at minus 660. We're going to win money, though. Then we got... Bills minus 12 and a half against those same Jets. And Falcons minus two. Then we got Rams minus six. And then we have pick number five. <sighs> Remember that game in whose line is it anyway? It's called props. Well, I got a prop parlay for you that ties nicely into my next segment. And I call this one. My Red Solo Cooper Cup Prop Parlay. Say that ten times fast. I'm going to take a sip. So Cooper Cup had a very disappointing week last week, to say the least. The fantasy world has turned their backs on my boy. Drops. Drops in the end zone. Miscommunications. Overthrows. Overall, the entire game, just bad, ugly, throw it away. Time to bounce back. Here's Cooper Cup's prop bet line for the week. Half a touchdown, five and a half receptions, and 67 and a half receiving yards. Now, Cooper Cup takes on the Bears. They're no cakewalk, not that defense. But I think my boy is furious with himself after last week's slop show, and I am parlaying. The over on all three of those. Again, I will take that Cooper Cup will score at least one touchdown. He will have at least five receptions and at least 67 receiving yards. <sighs> Makes you feel alive. 
that's the thing about parlays is you bet a little and you win a lot and that $100 bet if it hits it's gonna pay out $756.17 step up Coop be my leader with that gone that's a big one so it'll segue quite nicely for this date in Cooper Red Solo Cup history and I'd like to fill you up with a game against the Idaho State Bengals. Here's the stat line. 14 receptions, 161 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. The Eastern Washington Eagles, they're victorious that day. Heavy thank yous to my boy Cooper. In PPR formats, that's 42.1 points. In half PPR, like we've got in the HFFL, 35.1 points. Mm. That's good stuff. Let's do that again this week, Coop. We need a win to get us back on track. That's all for me for this week. Uh, congrats to Brendan, uh, little bro, for his win in the first ever Milk Bag Body Bowl. The first of many milk bag body bowls uh we also have big 10 football back this week we just need the mac back for some action and all is right with the world we're, we're getting there fire up irish tigers Welcome, HFFL, to another episode of Jedi Corner with yours truly, uh, the owner of the Jonesboro Jedi. Um, that, it was just a take at the song that Brendan is singing. Um, it's probably his anthem this week. He's probably walking around, head held high, knowing that he was the first to take down the Jedi after I talked all that crap about his team. So, congratulations, Brendan. You do have the better milk bag body. Okay. As we move on, we're gonna take a, a few, <clears throat> um, take a look at a few games this week, and um, we start with obviously the game we always start with. Mine, uh, Jonesboro Jedi against Trash Trunk Get Drunk. Five and one Jedi, four and two uh, Trash Trunk. This is a game um, that is, in my opinion, not gonna be that close at all. Um, I am starting the wonderful running back tandem of Ty Johnson and J.J. Taylor. So even with um, guys out for Jeff and Trash Trunk, this it's not going to be a good game for the Jedi. They're going to lose two in a row. Trash Trunk wins. Next game up, Barrow Snowmen against the Asymptomatica Grammaticas. This game actually on paper, as we I look at it right now, Says that it's going to be decently close, a 20-point game. I don't think it'll be that close. Snowmen, way too strong. They're moving up the the rankings again. Barrel Snowmen win big. Next game, Kobe versus Make My Team Great Again. Kobe, after a hot start, has been awful lately. Um, 
so awful that he doesn't even want to um, manage his own team. He tries to manage mine. So uh, this is not going to be any different. Make my team great again is going to beat Kobe. Um, and I, again, this is another game. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be close. Uh, make my team great again is actually doing pretty well this season. Obviously better than the second to worst team in the league. Um, and I look for him to win another one. Looking for a playoff run. Make my team great again wins. You Winston, you lose some against the SJ River Rats. This game right here is my upset of the week. The River Rats are going to take down you Winston, you lose some. Now, this may not be an upset by the score. Um, actually, SJ River Rats are favored to win this game. But by our standings, the River Rats are behind you Winston, you lose some. So I'm taking this as my upset of the week. The River Rats win. Roll Tide versus Dave's team. This could be a pretty good matchup. Roll Tide has got to get a win. Uh, it's very important that he gets a win this week after uh, after starting a season one and five. If he, I don't, I don't know that he has a chance anymore of making the playoffs. Not a very good one, at least. But if he loses this game, he's done. Um, he might as well just start keeping the young guys and selling off the older ones to any bidder. Uh, so with that being said, I do think his losing streak continues. He's playing one of the, one of the better teams in my opinion. And he, Dave's team also needs a win. He's got to put string together some wins here so he can get, move up the standings and make the playoffs. So Dave's team wins this one. Next up, fire up. Fire up Irish Tigers against Trust the Process. Nothing much needs to be said. Trust the Process loses. Probably not going to be very close, even though he's made some closer than we thought they were going to be. Fire up Irish Tigers wins easy. My last game that I want to talk about this week is the Shade versus the Kamara adds 10 pounds. This is my game of the week. This is a big game. Two of the top five teams in the league this week. Uh... We obviously know Scott and the team he put together and, you know, adding more players to his team that are great. Uh, doesn't have him in the lineup this week because he's hurt, but he's got Boston Scott, his backup in the lineup, so he should be just fine uh, at, in Philly to, to, you know, get a starter's worth of points. So I, I believe that Kamara adds 10 pounds wins. This is going to be also my lock of the week. Lock it up. He's going to win. Uh, Kamara at 10 pounds wins. Once again, uh, thanks for having me. I tried to make it a little bit shorter this week. Plus, I'm, I have way less time this week as we get into uh, you know, our last week of the season in football and, and the playoffs being next week. So I've been super busy with football. But as I signed off last time, until next time, see you later.
What is up, boys? It is yours truly for everybody's favorite segment. I'm freaking out, man. 63. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out. Today on the pod, I got a call out on somebody. The one and only Matt Kobe. Look, the Yellow Jackets have lost two in a row. The Hornets traded all his picks. And you know what? He traded the most popular one out there. His own. That baby could be the first overall pick by the way his team is trending by the end of the year. But more importantly, Kobe's doing Kobe things. He's not even talking about football. He's now to the point where he's bitching about rules. That's right. He's the classic guy who always blames the refs. It's never his fault, and I bet you at home, he always tells his wife that the dog's the one making all the messes. Honestly, I preferred Kobe in the silent role this offseason when you didn't hear a damn peep from him. So, Kobe, I know you're being careful with COVID. Thank God they make virtual visits. Call your doctor up, throw on the FaceTime, and get you a prescription for Xanax, because you're freaking out, man.